So there are those out there that are agreeing with me. Yes, someone's doing a chicken. What is that? <laughs> it is good to have you here doing your chicken and whatever else you're doing out there. So let's take a minute and bow our heads and hearts and ask the Lord to bless the time we have. We are grateful to you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night, Lord, and this opportunity again to gather in this place. Lord, we thank you for your provision of this place that we may gather to hear your truth, to fellowship and enjoy this time of koinonia, Lord, just enjoying each other and you, Lord. And Father, we just ask for a leading of your spirit as we celebrate, as we study your holy word, Lord God, we ask for truth to again be shown to us by your spirit, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for providing the holy word for us, that we can dig deeper and deeper and learn more of you, how amazing you are, Lord God. God, we ask as we sing these songs of praise to you, that they would be a sweet offering to you, Lord God, and that in this time, that our hearts would be settled and rested in you, in your very bosom, Lord God, as we read that, that John did, Lord, just resting his head upon your bosom, Father. We want to draw near to you, and we do not take this time lightly, and Father, we just want you to know how much we do appreciate what you do, and what you have done, and what you will do, and we keep our eyes fixed on you, and we look for that day ahead, and we will stand in your presence, and enjoy that sweet communion. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Blessed be the holy name of the Lord. Your holy name, Lord Jesus. I will never cease to give you praise. You are Messiah, deliverer, the Holy One of Israel. Your holy name, Lord Jesus. There's no other name by which we say you are Messiah. Breath to me, I to be your holy 
because God is so good. He loves us, he empowers us, sustains us, provides so much, and then allows us to just walk in his grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord.
sing that one more time. Let this be a prayer tonight in preparation for the Word of God that will be proclaimed the transforming Word of God. Kids, oh, kids can go. <laughs> so I thank you all for your prayers and the prayers that have been lifting up for the body of Christ here at Living Word the last few days. So today, um, Harriet Davis is home. I don't know how she's doing though. Um, Carol is home, resting. Uh, and um, doing, you know, well. And then um, little Isaac was Raphael, right? And Carla's little boy. He was up at the hospital. And uh, we were lifting up prayers for him on Sunday. Uh, he had that RD, I think it was the... And he was... Um, but he, he's home. He came home. And, uh, you know, little guy and... Uh, I'm going, to ask, I'm going to ask you, before we go to the Word, I just want you to join with me in prayer. A friend of mine is in a situation, foster care. He's got two kids. And um, the family that, um, the woman that gave birth to the two kids is a drug addict. And um, now she wants the kids back. And he has to go, uh, he and his wife have to go before the, uh, the judge tomorrow. So, you know, this the foster care system and being foster parents is so difficult, you know. I mean, it's so, how many times we watch families here, they have the kids and then they take them away. So, um, great, just great uh, family, Shane and Melissa. And uh, I just want to ask you to just pray with me. Father, go before us this day. Go before Shane and Melissa, Lord God, and the two precious children. And Lord God, look. Lord, we just seek your will to be done. We know you love children, Lord God. You want the best for them, Lord God. You want them in a, in a wholesome family, Lord God. Two people who love you, two people, Lord God, who are following you and obeying you. The life they could give to these children, Lord God, and the opportunity for them to come to know Jesus is so incredible. But Lord God, we are just praying, Lord God, bless my brother and sister. May peace be in their heart tonight, Lord God. May they not be filled with anxious thoughts. Lord God, tomorrow may you just, Lord, speak through them with words of truth and words of love. And we pray, Lord God, that, Lord God, you would prevail tomorrow in the lives of these two precious children and in our brother and sister. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. Maybe you can remember them tomorrow, you know, as uh, it's a 10 o'clock uh, hearing that they have. Okay, I'm going to share with you, um, I'm not going to ask you to stand, I'll read the word, listen for the trumpet. Okay, that's the title of the message. Do you hear it? Have you heard it? 
is it must be the ringing in my ear as I'm getting older because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm hearing it all the time. So Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And as you read this, you may say, what does this have to do with us? Faith always gives me a big smile when I say that. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. And when they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel, shall gather to you. When you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. And when you sound the advance the second time, the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. They shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feasts, at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before God. I am the Lord your God. So here is, again, when they began to move, they would use the trumpets that would then, you know, rally the people. The people, again, who would be on the south side, they would begin their journey. The people who uh, were on um, the, the east side would begin their journey. What happened to the north and west sides? And I don't have an answer for you tonight. But um, it, you know, just, it, it doesn't say. And it, there wasn't even much speculation amongst the rabbis and the scholars, the Christian scholars with that. But apparently, I guess they would have followed. And it's, it's interesting because it's, it's essentially, it's clockwise. So I, I think it's just assumed that the others then would follow as each, you know, each of those uh, three tribes. So three tribes, three tribes, three tribes would move. So um, again, it was a time to advance. Again, we do not have trumpets telling us when to stop, when to go, right? But the Spirit... When we're in tune with the Spirit, He will tell us. I mean, has the Holy Spirit ever just laid it on your heart to, to go to somebody and share, and share with them? And the Holy Spirit, you ever sense the Holy Spirit telling you to stop, right? Go, stop, right? The Holy Spirit will guide us. If we're in, if we're in tune with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell us at times no, right? Go, stop, no, <laughs> But we are to be in tune with the Spirit. When we're in the Word of God, when we're in prayer, we will be led by the Spirit. Again, not by trumpets. The third was a call to war. So in verse 9, it says, when you go to war in your land, right? They go, to the, they go into the promised land. Now they're battling the Canaanites, the Jebusites, right? All the different other rites. And when you go into the land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets and you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. Now notice, notice what it says here. When you blow the trumpets... Then you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. 
So blowing the trumpets was an act of faith. And that act of faith brought in God's intervention. Now think of this in your life. When God, when God is asking you to do something, okay, when you don't do it, and God is speaking to your heart, He's speaking to your hearts, and, and He's guiding you, He's calling you to do something, and you don't step out and do it, you're actually putting yourself in danger. Now, he's asking you to step out, and when you step out in faith, then He is going to intervene, and He is, he is going to bring victory. So I'll share, I'll share with you a, I don't know, I'll call it a funny story, but when the Lord had put on my heart this, this building, and it was, really, it was really miraculous, I'm driving by it, and um, the Lord put, that would be a great place for a church. And um, then one of the men in our church, Peter Moss, he was um, an electrician, and he was doing work, and he one day said to me, you know, there's a building around the corner from where you live, which would be a great building for a church. So through, through, a, number of, through a number of steps, okay, we ended up um, moving upstairs. All we had was just where the, basically where the Sunday school is. That's where we started. Eventually, we moved downstairs, okay, rented that. And then eventually, we rented the rock center. And then eventually, we bought the whole building. Well, the Lord put it on my heart. And he gave me, he gave me a word from uh, Joshua to basically run around the building, okay? It was basically once each day, and on the seventh day, to run around it seven times, and to make a shout. Now, I was running around the whole block. I don't know what the future holds. Because all we were looking for was just a, a little segment of the building upstairs, but I ran around that building every day, and then on the seventh day, on that it was actually a Sunday, seven times, and I made a shout in front of this building, and just in, in faith, claimed, claimed it for the Lord. And then everything just now. I never knew that we would own this. I never knew. I mean, this was an old machine shop, folks. When I walked through here the first time, the grease. I had I had a brand new pair of Converse sneakers up over the rubber and destroyed my... The canvas was, it was totally covered with, with, with grease. These, these beams that you see here, okay, and there was no wood, but these beams had, um, machine, had machines hanging from them, big huge steel cables that came down, I guess, to sturdy the machines that the uh, workers would use. But again, God had a bigger vision, okay, than I had, and... Um, he called me to do something that I think a lot of people would think were really silly, right? Run around the building, make a, you know, make a shout, and yet he did something that was beyond, was beyond, I'll tell you, my imagination. But when we step out in faith and obey God, when he's calling us to do something, and I really felt the Lord calling me to do this, was that God, again, can do miraculous things. If we're not obeying him, if Israel didn't obey him, they're putting themselves in a very dangerous place. Now, these trumpets, you see them blown, you know, in a, in a number of different situations, again, in, the, in battle, in war. So here's one, Joshua 6, 9. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. They're now entering, right, the promise, and they're going to, they're going to war. In Judges chapter 7, 20 through 22, 
Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, right? They, uh, they held the torches, this story of Gideon, in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood on his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp and the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zarira as far as the border of Abel Mehaloah by Tabath. So again, the blowing of the trumpets in, in, in battle. So again, to take this, we, we, I say this to you all the time, we are living on a battleground, not a playground. And whenever I, whenever I see people approaching life that it's, you know, that it's a playground, boy, are they, are they putting themselves in, in, in danger. We are in a battleground. This is, this is a, you know, it, it, it's a day of spiritual warfare. We are not home <laughs> We are in a foreign land, behind enemy lines. A world that is ruled, okay, and Jesus said it three times in the Gospel of John, it is ruled by who? By Satan. He is, he is the prince and power of the air. He is the god of this world. Okay, he, he has a temporary lease. When, when Jesus begins to open, okay, the seals, you know what a seven seal, you know what that, that scroll contains? It is the lease to the earth. He's taking it back. But Satan won the victory when he tempted Adam and Eve and they sinned. So, you know, you don't have to, again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon to be able to look at this world and see. Look at what's happening. Right? You, you look at, there, I mean, just like any war, there are casualties. Right? There, there are people who, who get wounded. There are people who get killed. Uh, there are people who desert. And in the midst of all that, there are heroes, right? There are heroes, there, there, there are victors. But we are, we are in a battleground. At some point in the upcoming months, I'm going to do a series on spiritual warfare. I have the Holy Spirit right now ministering to me. And when he starts to stir me with things like this, I'm reading books, reading the scriptures. But Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Schemes. He's scheming all the time against you. <laughs> He's scheming and tempting you. He, he wants to neutralize you. I mean, he's a murderer, he's a thief, he wants to destroy your body, he wants to destroy your mind, he wants to destroy your spirit. He wants to destroy your marriage, he wants to destroy your children, he wants to destroy this church. He is a murderer, and he is a destroyer, and he is tenacious. Now, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's got a well-organized army. I think this, you know, this speaks about diff different ranks. Just, just like in our U.S. military, you have generals, right? You, you have colonels, you have majors, you have lieutenants, you have sergeants. Right? You have corporals and you have foot soldiers. Okay? So there's a very well-organized army of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. But in our time, the church, I said this on Sunday, we need warriors. 
We, we need sheepdogs. And think of a sheepdog. Sheepdog guards the sheep. They look after the sheep. They protect the sheep. We don't need more, more sheep. The church, church is filled with sheep. We need sheepdogs. And those, those are people who are willing to step up and get into the battle and get into the fight. And be looking, looking after one another. Because there are ones amongst us who are weaker. There, there are ones, ones amongst us who are more vulnerable. And the enemy, again, the enemy takes, you see people like, well, what happened to so-and-so? What, you, what happened to so-and-so? Maybe you can think right now of so-and-so. What happened to them? You know, and then, you, you, you know, you, you reach out to so-and-so and, you know, you start talking as a pastor. I start, you know, you know they, they just started to drift away. They started, maybe they came on a Wednesday, stopped coming Wednesday. Then they, start, they stopped coming on a, on a Sunday. And then maybe they, they stopped reading their Bible and they stopped, they stopped praying. And all of a sudden they're getting into things. They're, they're getting into things, ugly things. And let me tell you, it can get really ugly. And when you're, you're talking to people, just how low can you go? Let me tell you something. You think you're low? It can go a lot lower. And he will just keep pulling you down. But this again, what sheepdogs, we want to be looking out for one another. We want to be looking after one another, encouraging each other not to be forsaking meeting together. Not to be forsaking being in the word and in worship. We want, we want to be exhorting each other all the time and encouraging each other with those, with those things. So I think that's, you know, that, that's key. We are in a spiritual war. I've seen, I've seen many casualties. I've seen many, I've seen many, I'm not talking about physical, I've seen deaths in the church. I've seen people who are burning brightly, suddenly they just fizzle out. People that you, you would think would never do things. Never do things, right? That, that you know, I mean, you, would, you couldn't imagine that they would do something so, so horrible. And they do it. So again, we, this is you know, our, our responsibility. The trumpets were, were a call to war. We are in a war. And I want to show you something. In Matthew chapter 24, 30 through 31, it's talking about the Lord's appearing. Then will appear a sign of the Son of Man in the heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with the power and great glory. That is the glorious appearing. This is not the rapture. This is at the end of the tribulation. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heavens to the other. Now notice, again, there is a loud trumpet call. If, if you go, really, I think, to, to see what is happening here, that loud trumpet call, and there are multiple trumpet calls that you're dealing with in the last days. We're going to look, we're going to look at another one in just a moment. But that loud trumpet call is a trumpet blast, I believe, that is a trumpet blast of war. He's rescuing, okay, he's rescuing the believers. And look at what, what it tells us in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 21. This, this is the end of the tribulation. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself, and he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Who is that? Obviously. The armies of heaven were following him, 
riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, who be they? Yeah, those are, that, that's the church with angels. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of his fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried out in a loud voice, To all the birds in midair, come gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Now watch this. Then I saw the beast... Okay, the Antichrist and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the white horse and his army. The Antichrist and the ungodly armies will actually, they will point their weapons at Jesus as he's coming with his army, with the audacity and the, I mean, the the craziness that they think they can defeat him. Verse 20, but the beast was captured and with the false prophet who were performed the signs on its behalf, with these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur and the rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. I believe that when the Lord is coming back at that period, there will be a great trumpet blast that will go out throughout the earth and it's going to be the trumpet blast of war. Again, a a really kind of a a fulfillment of what we see in in Numbers chapter 10. A, A fourth thing that the trumpets were used for, they were a call to worship. So you look at at Numbers 10.10, also in the day of your gladness, when a time of rejoicing, the trumpets were blown. In your appointed feasts, how many feasts were there? There are seven. Now you can throw Sabbath, the Sabbath in there too, but essentially in the appointed feasts, the trumpets would be blown. And at the beginning of your month, right, they would blow the trumpet letting people know that it was a new month. And you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offering. Notice only over two offerings were the trumpets blown. How many offerings are there? There are five. Okay, five. It was only blown over over two of them. And And they shall be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. So again, a time of gladness, over the feasts, over the burnt offerings. So you see this again as you're going through Scripture. I'll give you a couple of examples. Leviticus 25.9, Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. You shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all the land. Basically announcing the day of atonement. Leviticus 23.24, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of the trumpets of holy convocation. So again, it was used for a time of calling people to worship. The, the next one is a call to procession. It's not in Numbers, but in 1 Samuel 6.15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Right? They're blowing the trumpets as they brought the ark of the covenant up. Right? to uh, the tabernacle, the temple hadn't been built yet, in Jerusalem, and again, they blew the trumpet. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord with trumpets. Psalm 47, verse 5. It actually repeated over and over again in Scripture. Okay. 
So the question, the next question is, why two, why silver, and why were they hammered? So we go back to, I'll go back to verse 1 of Numbers 10, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two trumpets, two silver trumpets for yourself, and make them of hammered work. They had to be hammered out. So the number two, okay, what do we see the number two in Scripture? Right at the beginning, there were two things that really stood out. In fact, I see them tonight here. Yeah, two sexes, man and, man and female, right? You have two covenants, right? We, we look at the, the Tanakh, the, the old covenant, you have the, the new covenant. You also... Um, you have two witnesses that have to, everything has to be confirmed by two witnesses, and also the two witnesses that you see in the book of, of Revelation. Now, I, you know, as you study with me, I believe is you can find Jesus in every chapter of the Bible. You can find him through every chapter of Tanakh. So is Jesus here in the trumpets, a typology? You understand typology? Abel's offering was a typology of Jesus and his sacrifice. It was a lamb. Okay, Noah's Ark is a typology of Jesus. When you look at, at, at Jacob, Jacob's ladder, in fact, it's very clearly identified right there in, in John chapter uh, 2. Jacob's ladder is a typology of Jesus. The Passover lamb is a typology of Jesus. Everything about the tabernacle, right? The tabernacle, the lamb stand, he's the light of the world. Table of showbread, he's the bread of life. The entire tabernacle, everything about it, the curtains and everything, is a typology of Jesus. The five sacrifices of Leviticus are all typologies of Jesus. The seven feasts are all typologies of Jesus. The, the snake that Moses held up on the rod is a typology of Jesus. That's explained in John chapter 3. So I believe... There is a typology here in the two trumpets of Jesus. The first thing, how many natures did Jesus have? He had two. Yeah, right? What does it tell us in John chapter 114? And the word became flesh. The word, the logos, the creator, God, Elohim, became flesh. He became human. Right? The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus had two, nat two natures. He is essentially incarnate. God became a man. He is fully God, He is fully man. Right? He's the Son of God, and He is the Son of man. Can anybody explain that to me? Daniel Webster, Webster Dictionary, great scholar, great American scholar. He was in this um, think tank of... of eggheads of intellectuals and uh, one of them said well you've been a Christian for so many years can you explain how Jesus could both be God and man he said if I could explain it then I'd be God it's a mystery a wonderful mystery again if if we could explain God God no longer becomes God he's revealed what he wants to reveal to us and we, we can have we can have what is called a true knowledge of God. We cannot have an exhaustive knowledge of God. And I believe we will never have an exhaustive knowledge of God because we will never be God. So again, two natures. Okay, two. Two trumpets. They're made of silver. What does what silver represent in Scripture? Anybody? What? Redemption. Good, Tom. Very good. 
And I, I put here five silver coins from Numbers chapter 18, 16. And those redeemed by the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation for five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 geras. So silver is always, is always representative of redemption. Who's our redeemer? Lou. Didn't you come to me last week and say that to me? The redeemer. And uh, Hebrews 9.12, and you can find this again throughout the New Testament, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Hammered. The instruction by God was you need to hammer, you need to hammer this thing out. Mik sha ash otam. Of hammered work you shall make them. You shall hammer, you should hammer out the silver to make, right, this trumpet, to make these two trumpets, these pipes. Who was hammered? And what does it tell us in Luke 23, 33, when the soldiers came to the place called the skull, they nailed Jesus to a cross. They also nailed the two criminals to crosses, one on each side. Jesus, right, to be nailed, he had to be hammered. So again, just two silver trumpets, right? We read right through it. And if you stop and you start to look at what Scripture says, right? Two, ham, uh, two trumpets, two natures, right? The Redeemer, the silver. He came to redeem us. And He redeems us by His blood, by His death. We talked a lot about this on Sunday. And then, right, nailed, hammered. He was hammered to the cross, isn't that neat? Yeah, I have a, I have a, a series, but I've been, I've been working and adding on this thing. I don't know how to present it here, but it's Yeshua in the Torah. And um, it goes Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And I go through, you know, basically chapter by chapter and show Yeshua that is revealed here, again, in, in the trumpets is, is one of them. I, it, it started where I thought I could do it on a Saturday. <laughs> I could do probably one book on a Saturday. And um, I'm still not quite sure how I'm going to do this because I want, I, I want to produce it and I want to get it. I want to get it on YouTube and I want to get it out. But um, I, you know, I've, read, I've read numerous books on Jesus and the Tanakh. I've never come across anybody who literally does it chapter by chapter. And, you know, the more I study the scriptures, the more, again, I, I, I'm continuously finding new things. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but, um, hey, there's so many great Hebrew tools right now that you use. And, again, Hebrew is just such an incredibly rich language that reveals things. So um, that's something. So I, wanna, I want you to have a few more things I'll share with you. So one more thing. There is, there is what is called the last trumpet. Okay, but it, it, I believe this is, again, it's unique because I think it may be speaking specifically to a group of people, the last trumpet for them. Because it seems like there are seven trumpets in the book of the Revelation, and then multiple other trumpets. But we're not here for the Revelation, right? We're, I'm sorry, we're not here for the Tribulation. We're not there in Revelation chapter 6 through, uh, you know, through 18. So it, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 through 52, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We uh, shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Changed. 
okay, in a millisecond, that's what a twinkling of an eye is, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. What is that talking about? Well, it's talking about the rapture. There will be an entire generation of people who will not die, who will suddenly be transformed and glorified and be with the Lord. Body, soul, and spirit. They're not leaving their bodies behind. Enoch, Elijah had that, you know, that privilege and that experience. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18, you have a, again, it's probably the most comprehensive, you know, explanation of the rapture. It says, but I, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died. Lest your sorrows as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep with Jesus, those who have died. So he is returning essentially with the souls. So when, you know, just physical death, okay, is separation of body and soul. Spiritual death is separation of the soul from God. These are believers, so when they die, their soul goes to be with the Lord. It's interesting, too, when you look at Scripture, when Elijah and um, Moses appeared right on Mount of Transfiguration, somehow Peter knew it was Moses and Elijah, okay? Maybe, you know, in the conference, maybe Jesus looked and said, Hey, Moses, right? Hey, Mo, how you doing? Right? Hey, Elijah, how you doing? And something happened there. But um, they were recognizable. So the, the soulish body... Okay, is, is a recognizable. We, we die, we go, to, we go to be with the Lord. Our bodies, okay, are whatever, they're in the ground or, you know, where, wherever they are. But our souls are with the Lord. We'll recognize each other. We'll be able to communicate with each other. So then it goes on here and it says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive... Okay, and remain until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. I believe that is the trumpet that's described in 1 Corinthians 15. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So all those who have died, they're with the Lord. And now their bodies will be united, glorified, like Jesus' body, and they will meet, right, with the, their soul in, in heaven with the Lord. Now, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Notice too, therefore, comfort one another with these words. So I always, if we have to go through the tribulation... <laughs> A living hell on earth. I mean, what comfort? This, this is the Lord. The Lord making a promise. I'm going to come. I'm going to rescue out of something. This, this tribulation that's going to come upon the whole earth. It's, it's going to be so bad that if I don't intervene, it would be the end of all things. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. But He will come and He will rescue us at that trumpet. So I'm going to, I'm going to share something. And what I'm going to share with you, I am not here saying that this is the trumpet, but there is a phenomena that is happening in this world. And there's, a, let me tell you, there's a lot of phenomena that is happening in this world that is, I mean, it, it is absolutely out of the ordinary. The things that the Lord has predicted, that the prophets predicted, that the apostles predicted, we're seeing these things coming true every day. 
But here, here is something, again, this, this strange phenomena that is happening that the scientists have not been able to explain. Let me... We get sound. That's the microphone banging around. That's not. I'm just going to skip through some of these because some of them go on for a while. Let me, if I can... Sounds like a roar. The trumpet is very soon to sound. I really believe that. Because every day I feel like we are just, you know, I'm, sometimes I think I'm just, I'm surprised that, Lord, it, it didn't blow today. Because with everything going on in this world, again, things that he said, boy, it's, it's just amazing. I'd like to go into prayer right now. Would that be okay? So who, you guys can... You can disconnect.